Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special uh, post-Super Bowl edition of the Vox Podcast. Uh, we're recording it before the Super Bowl, so we don't know what will happen. But clearly, uh, such a cultural phenomena is worthy of Jesus' attention today. So I'm hoping <laughs> Jesus has picked his favorite, uh, and is uh, and clearly it's Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady being 43, ageless, handsome, and um, dominating his sport for two decades. Um, I think both Tim and I sit in. Well, I shouldn't speak for Tim. Tim is Tim is still young and handsome. Yeah. Um, I definitely just two. wake up with my back hurting, and all I did was sleep. <laughs> I didn't play a Super Bowl game. I didn't get hit by a bunch of three hundred pound men. I just woke up. <laughs> Yes, ladies and gentlemen. So kudos, Brady. Yes, yes, seriously. Now we're not we're not rooting for Tom Brady. We all know everyone I think knows the Cleveland Browns should be in the game. And so, you know, to me, this is um this is not this is a false Super Bowl. This is a false election. <laughs> and um I don't count this. The Super Bowl that w- that was really played was when um the Browns beat the Steelers. So the this Super Bowl is basically, if it was a movie, it would be the Rise of Skywalker. Mm, I don't know what that means. I don't either. Okay, <laughs> but um, we just finished Mandalorian season two, so Tim and I were debriefing that, and WandaVision fifth episode, we were debriefing that, and um, and so, ladies and gentlemen, that's what you're getting today. Uh, we're just, we, you know, we could easily cover an hour just talking about all that geekness. But today we are going to jump back into the Sermon on the Mount. And um, I want to thank Sandra. I want to thank Matt. Matt increased his uh, participation on Patreon. I want to thank Blake. Blake, right, from um, Key and Peel, substitute teacher. Anybody? (laughs) Yeah. Balake? Anybody? Talk about the best football things. That's. Have you watched all those Key and Peel episodes? Oh, yeah. Like when they do the. But the, then there the, was the one with the guy that would do the little like hip thrusts every time he scored in the <laughs> ref. Did you see Aaron Rodgers do that? Yes, A.A. Ron. Oh, man. Yeah, they're so good. But the one I'm referring to is the substitute teacher. Yeah. Where, yeah, where he makes fun of white names, and it's just the greatest thing ever. <laughs> Balake. So, um, Balake is what I think he says That's originally. Right. <laughs> we want to shout out to Balake. Thank you all for coming on board to our uh, Patreon team and our community, and we're so grateful uh, for that. If you want to, you can go to patreon.com, Vox Podcast with Mike Geary, soon to be renamed. We, we've we've heard from you know maybe five of you curious about what the new name is. I know dozens are probably waiting in breathless anticipation. Um, but the new name yet will not be revealed today. Uh, we have much back-end work to do before the name, the colors... The color palette, the logo, the logo design, all of that is unveiled to the world. So you'll just have to wait some more. I know. <laughs> I'm very it's surprised so it hasn't, like when you're doing this exact thing right here, that it hasn't just fallen out of your mouth. <laughs> like the odds are, with after one of these times of saying, like, it's coming. Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of slip. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think there's, I, I think the pressure of the moment is what keeps me silent. Yeah. That so many people are waiting. Breathlessly. Yes. 
Uh, we were we were gonna call it the holy most, but um, but the holiest no, that, post. Yes, the holiest post. Exactly. All right, uh, that's a reference to another podcast uh, that we're we're friends with those folks over there. So let's jump back into the Sermon on the Mount, Timothy, All John right. Stafford. We are we're doing some judging today, and um, and judging judging is hard to spell. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yep and and so that's just an inside reference to tim timothy john stafford who teaches in college english um misspelling. i misspelled judgment on the last episode yeah the judgment it's not helpful of judgment. when you're typing it quick and the when you spell it with an e it uh doesn't come up as misspelled i know and then and then we post it and somebody's like well i'm judging your spelling we thought that was funny so that was good. So anyway, um, it's really the first mistake Timothy John Stafford has made since he said yes to the podcast. Maybe the um, first that you've caught. <laughs> All right. So what we're going to do is um, let's have let's have our reader today go through um, uh, one seven one through six. All right. So we did one through five, and we'll recap that, and then we'll add six to this, and then we'll talk about it. So here it is, the voice of an angel reading from the Gospel of Matthew. This is Ashley, and I live in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. So, Ashley, thank you for reading for us. So, so, so this this text about pigs and pearls and holy things and dogs. I mean, this man, this text is really hard, and um, I wanted to break it out from the other from the other section um, to to spend some time on it because this is one of the hardest texts in the Gospels. Um, there are people that argue that it's just a random insertion you know jesus was jesus just uh, you know he he was riffing and then bam he throws just something a uh, complete non sequitur in there um others think that what he's doing is that he is talking about the mission of going to the israelites first and not the gentiles uh and those people take their cue from the the phrase you know the word dogs um was a sub uh for gentiles in some corners i think of the ancient world do not give to dogs what is sacred do not throw your pearls to pigs in other words you've been entrusted with the treasure of the gospel don't throw it at people who are not interested or people who will persecute you for it um because if you do you may they they may trample them the good things under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces so some think that's what jesus is doing is he's saying no no you actually have to here's the good crino 
The good Crino is you have to discern who your audience is, and there are some in your audience that you can consider pigs and dogs. And um, and I don't think that I don't think either of those first two ideas about the text are right. Um, so what I want to do is I want to review one through five, where we introduce Crino, Crino, yeah, the the good kind, the bad kind. And then I want to talk about this extra verse real quick. All right. Even though this, the pearls and pigs thing is super uh, difficult, I want to set it up because I think what Jesus is doing is he's moving now into how it is that we relate to each other. So he's talked about how it is, um, how it is that we are a part of his kingdom, how it is that we then relate to the rightness of his kingdom as opposed to the rightness of the scribes and Pharisees, how we relate through religious piety to each other. But now he's kind of boiling it down. He's Remember, this section ends with the golden rule. Do to others what you would have them do to you. And so this is where he's leading. And the first thing that inhibits that way of life, of course, is the human tendency to condemn. So do not judge or you will be judged. And as we saw last week, or um, the word for judge is crino. And crino in this sense means the judgment that leads to condemnation. The judgment of someone's motives, the judgment of someone's worth or identity. It's the separation of people into categories, not, not behavior or words or actions into categories, right? It's the, it's the separation of people that Jesus is dealing with here. And the condemning, I mean, we have a, Dallas Willard refers to this idea of condemnation engineering, that we have, we have human apparatuses for this kind of bad condemnation. And you see it, I mean, obviously you see it most clearly on social media. I mean, if you tweet the wrong or Facebook the wrong thing, it is a short, very short step before you are labeled as liberal or fundamentalist or hateful or phobic or whatever it is, right? And we just name call, exclude, and we're done. And um, and Christians, unfortunately, are are incredibly gifted at this. And you know, as much as they beno- bemoan cancel culture, they started it right. uh, with the boycotts. I remember where I was supposed to boycott Disney. The Teletubbies, uh, when I was the growing Teletubbies. up. Forgot yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just <laughs> nasty. Um, and, and I mean, and so, you know, this, is, this, has been, this has been long brewing. But this kind of bad crino, what we're going to call condemnation or judgment, um, is a t- it's an attack on the image, the image of another image bearer, hmm. right? It's, it's, it's roundly condemned by Jesus and throughout the scriptures, right? We use the word slander. Uh, that's the same idea that you're attacking the image of another image bearer. Now, of course, there's a place for good judgment, what we're calling discernment, right? To say that Hitler was bad, that's appropriate <laughs> and needed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, but but there's an extra step that is fueled by the things that Jesus outlaws. It's fueled by anger and contempt. This kind of judgment fuel is fueled by and then further fuels uh, anger and contempt of other people, right? Where we can just write them off because of a thing they said or did. We categorize them, label them, and then we're able to exclude them from the list of acceptable people. And we do that without even thinking about it. Yeah, It's just the way it is. Uh, and it's so easy and it's so destructive. We see 
how much excluding and um, discriminating um, against someone's identity, how harmful that is. Right. And, and so condemnation, if we're not careful, is received by other people as shame. Mm-hmm. Um, so they condemn themselves or it boomerangs back. So if I'm condemning somebody, very rarely does uh, condemning work as a strategy for someone <laughs> to change their behavior. Right. It either, it either goes inward to the yeah. recipient or it boomerangs back on the giver, the judger right? In the form of anger or other condemnation. So whatever judgment you've just used will come back on you. And that's why, of course, the people that are purveyors, let's say, of purity um, and family values, when it's discovered that they're not so pure and family valued in their own lives, that's there's an extra zing in there because of their judgments against those who are not. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Totally. So, so Jesus... Man, Jesus, um, he rules out the condemnation engineering. And um, I mean, this, and, and that's what's so, that's what can be so powerful about the gospel of the kingdom, if it's embodied, is that that condom engineering is reverse engineered. It's, it's, you're, there's a common table, all are welcome. Yeah. And, um, and identities don't count for much um, around that table. And so, and again, I mean, that's why the reciprocity of condemnation um, is, is a, as a strategy for correcting or helping others, <laughs> never, almost never works, never works. Even if you force someone to become politically correct or apologize, you've not changed the inner behavior. You know what I mean? We've just corrected the symptom, not well, the Well, it seems root. like the condemning too, like the... Um like the example you gave of like a super, you know, purity culture preaching person that has a their own secret indiscretions or whatever, when that kind of comes back, not only does it boomerang and come back on the person that said it, it tends to also like deconstruct the whole argument in the first place, right? Because it just shows yes. the hypocrisy just kind of destroys whatever, even if the person had some form or function of good intent in the first place with their condemnation of the seed of it was it ends up blowing up even the possibility of having that conversation later totally yep exactly right and so so jesus gives new two nuances to this one it is there is an appropriate form of judgment right and it's like when a dentist looks at your teeth and says these teeth are horrible Mm. (laughs) that's not a judgment against your worth Right, but he's telling the truth, or she's telling the truth. Um, and Jesus actually, the last, almost the whole last chapter, it talks about um, narrow paths and broad paths, yeah. false teachers, true teachers. So obviously, I mean, that's that's that good kind of crino is assumed all the way through. And then he then he talks about the log and plank thing, and I just want to reiterate it because it's one of the least appreciated or practiced teachings of Jesus. And Willer, D. Willie, D. Willie. Makes, makes a great point when he argues um, that the issue, when you have a log in your own eye, and, and Willard actually suggests it's, it's not just that you're guilty of the same sin, but you're guilty of the sin of con- condemning them right. and, and judging them. And so the condemnation is the plank. You have to deal with that plank because when you're condemning somebody, you can't actually see them correctly enough 
to help them with the speck of dust in their own eyes. Yeah, that makes sense. Totally makes sense. And I thought, wow, <clears throat> such a great clarification yeah. that it's condemnation. That's the, the condemnation blinds us to the reality of other people. Yeah, and right? to yourself. They're, and to yourself. But if I'm trying to correct you. Yeah, totally. Right? I have to deal with the, the, the reality that my heart wants to condemn. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense with the Crino thing, too. That's a good Uh, observation. D. Willie, man, never disappoints. Never. Never disappoints. And then there are these implied practices. I mean, like, and Paul will talk about this in Galatians, where only those who are spiritual should endeavor to correct another person. Mm -hmm. And that should be done gently. And so there's, like, all of these assumed contexts for how we exercise good crino with each other right jesus is of course log and speck but in the practice of the house churches that paul was ministering in it was the groups that were small groups that were consistent you were on the inside and in relationship with those people um uh only certain kinds of people were in a good position to do this right because everyone else is going to uh just um, condemn and engineer that condemnation. The goal is not to straighten them out, but to restore them. Yeah, to that's bring really them to bring them back to the path of Jesus. Um, I mean that. Ugh, I mean that is that's it. It's not to straighten them out or fix them, yeah. but it's to restore them. And I thought, wow, that, um, and not to punish. It's so um, much more relational. I mean, it just if it feeds off that lineage of community and investment and life and love and absolutely, absolutely. And even the ones doing whatever speck removal need to be done have to be aware that that they themselves could be guilty of yeah, the same totally. the same thing. So in that context, Crino is totally allowed, right? Yeah. And, and, and for those of us who are wanting to be healthier in life, that's what we want, right? That's why therapy helps me. That's why, you know, you and, and Kevin and Bonnie, and and I have this whole tribe of incredible people in my life, my wife, who are, um, seeing me for good or ill, you know what I mean? And can offer great correction, but more, but it's more insight. Now, that's all review. So as a way of relating to other people, condemnation, not a great way to do that. Now, this is where the pigs comes in, all right? Here we go. Totally, totally confusing passage. But but the best theological argument I heard is that this is related to its context. Matthew isn't compiling random statements. Right. By Jesus. There's a now there's lots of debate about whether Jesus gave this all at once or this was a condensation of many s- different sermons. But I, I absolutely am committed to the idea that what Jesus is saying is in some order and related to the things that come before and after it. Seems that and way. um and so with that assumption, I was able to rule out uh that this is just a random drop in. And that this is about the Gentile mission um, and the gospel. Instead, right. what it is, is it's another way to try to manipulate and, and control people, right? Ju- condemning is one way we do that. But so the good crino can even go bad, 
That's where he's going. We can, if we force our good crino on people, it boomerangs right, right back on us in the same way the bad crino does. Hmm. So, so when he says, um, our, our, you know, do not give to dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If they do, they may trample you. The, the way in Greek, this lines up with, um, with verses one and two. So the, and this is horribly geeky, but the hmm. imperatives of verses one and two are things like, do not lest you, all right? In, in six, it's the same format. Do not lest you. Yeah. And, and so I think what he's doing is he's pushing. So there's good Crino and there's bad Crino. Bad Crino boomerangs, but so does good Crino if it's offered in ways that are unhelpful. The issue isn't that pigs and dogs are unworthy, although that judgment is made elsewhere. The issue is that they aren't helpful. To, like our treasures aren't helpful to pigs and to dogs, mm-hmm. right? Um, so let me say that again. It's not that the pigs and the dogs are unworthy, right. although in, in other contexts that is the implication. But it's that when we give our treasures to pigs and dogs, they're not helpful to them. Yeah, The context isn't correct. And so what a couple of commentators argue, and I, and I think because it makes the best sense of the context that they're right, um, the context that they're right, that, that this is the warning to not push our good crino on people because then it turns bad. So right. it's the same. So if we judge each other, the standard we're, we, we are used, that we've used, will be used against us. But if we're pushing our, quote, sacred things on the other, very right. often those things will be disregarded and will be trampled. Right. And so, so the, the, the idea that we can either manipulate by condemning or manipulate by pushing our good things. Yeah. That's the idea. Right. Now, again, other people are going to disagree with this and hallelujah. But to me, it makes the best sense of the context. So if that's true, then what just Jesus is doing here is absolutely genius. Our strategies for con- for condemning other people to straighten them out or help them, right, need to be forsaken completely. So too does the strategy of nagging people or pushing our good things on them, on the people right. who aren't interested or don't find them helpful. That actually not only is not helpful to them, but they will turn and injure us mm-hmm. in anger. And so, so think about this for a second. And and Willard, my goodness, he Willard uses this. In the context of parenting. And and let me just read you, let me just read you this quote. All right, and, and we'll come back to this. But he's talking about um storge, which is like the love of a family for each other. Okay. And he says, he he writes um that he has been far more impressed by the bad manners of parents to children than by those of children to parent. In other words, what he finds more interesting than the way children treat their parents is the way that parents treat their children. Okay. Parents are seen to treat their children with, quote, an incivility which offered to any other young person would simply have terminated their acquaintance. They are dogmatic on matters the children understand and the elders don't. 
They impose ruthless interruptions, flat contradictions, ridicule of things the young take seriously, and make insulting references to their friends. This provides an easy explanation to the questions, why are they always out? Why do they like every house better than our home? Who, Lewis inquires, does not prefer civility to barbarism? In other words, in our zeal to push our good things on our children, we actually alienate them in ways that, that cause them to view us as the pigs and the dogs would view the sacred things and the pearls. Does that make sense? Yeah. No? No, it totally that was a does. Hesitant, I, that was a hesitant that, yes. Well, can I talk about what I struggle with with this? Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. Are, are you the, not on this podcast? I am, but I, I don't want to derail where you. I don't want to derail where you are because the questions I have. So the first part of the question is rooted in what you've already covered, which is the original language of this section does make it seem like Jesus is being derogatory, right? Because Gentiles would be referred to as dogs, and so he seems like he's using a derogatory term in referencing that. But we talked through that. But even with the Willard thing, <clears throat> there is a there does seem to be a sense of superiority like if we yes yes if and yes. that's so i struggle with that what yes well i think that's what he's attacking okay so so i think i have all these pearls to offer right and i push them on people and um and as a as a way of getting them engaged with my pearls that's not that's just as harmful as the, the condemnation is so the parent child one was more it's it's less cuz the implication sometimes comes through that we how do i word that um there's a superiority superiority thing where we know so much more than the those that don't know jesus and so but it's more that us trying to force feed what we know to be or what we think to be Good. A better thing is not. It's not that they're less than because they're children. And they don't understand. It's be, it's the way the parent, the yes. adult, is associated yes. to the child. Yes, because you're not seeing them. Yes. Yes, exactly. It's this. If you, if I had to boil down these verses, they're simple, like way oversimplified form. It would be yeah. you can't criticize anyone into the kingdom, and you can't nag anyone into the kingdom. Right. Totally. Because that is the way this is taught. Most of the yes. time, it's just like, yes. don't, don't, you know, hey, listen, listen, guys, Sunday morning, don't go out there to the dogs and right, yada, yada, yada. Right. You know. I think that is totally contradicting. Yeah. Again, this, this passage is pulled out and not kept in context. Yeah. Um, because the, the whole context is leading to the golden rule. Yeah. Right. And, um, and even the next section, I mean, here's what I think Jesus is doing when he's, when he flips into ask, seek and knock. Yeah. That's not about prayer. That's about human relationships. So, so what he's saying now we, we broached it when we hit prayer. Yeah. But, but, but here's one way to read all three of these sections in, in the first part of seven together. Hey guys. Love your neighbor as yourself is the core of the law, right? How do you do that? Well, the things that prevent it, first of all, are condemnation engineering. So don't judge or you'll be judged, right? Secondly, it's nagging, nagging people and pushing your good things on them. Yeah. 
right? So, so when somebody comes at me and I've had this happen ever since I've been overweight, uh, somebody who is somebody in the church who will come and like, dude, I'm a personal trainer. We're going to get you fit. We're going to get you healthy. I'll do it for free and it'll mm-hmm. be awesome. And, um, and then they'll just stay after me about it. And, and the, from their heart, that is a pearl. Absolutely. Right. I mean, the gift of their time, the generosity of donating things that they would, um, charge for. Yeah. But how do I receive that pushiness? I'll, totally. I'll never yeah. say yes. I'll never say yes to that. Um, or, and, and this is where, you know, Lewis is talking about pushing religion on our kids. When our kids have questions and we just override their natural thinking, this is just what we believe. You can't question it. You know, we use, and we often use nagging and condemning in, right. in both senses, right? When it comes to pushing religion on our children. And no, I'm not saying the whole piece of that quote, everything you said at the beginning of it too, with like the not valuing what they value and uh, yes, not seeing exactly. the value in what they value and it's ridiculing a, and a full, their friends. Yeah. Totally. It's a full life investment, not just like a one topical. Yep. And there is a superiority that Jesus, I think, is getting at because it's self-righteous in that way, too. In the same way, condemning is self-righteous. Yeah. Me offering my pearls and treasures can be self-righteous. Totally. Yeah. And so, and so I just think, so instead, so Jesus then flips it and instead, and you think it's out of nowhere, but then he says, ask and it will be given. Seek, yeah. you will find, knock and the door will be open. How do human relationships best work? Through invitation, conversation, and request. Yeah, and then this all links clearly to um, when we had Gombas and we talked about the Great Commission and um, like living and investing for life in your your community and what that looks like and yeah, totally. And then I was thinking about this section with, um, I th- it's an Acts, but I can't remember where, maybe chapter 10, when um, Peter gets the vision and is told to go visit the centurion. Yeah. And, he, yeah. and he, he's like, what? Why would I do that? And he goes and he has that vision of the blanket coming down with all the all the meat on it that he's not supposed to touch. But this whole conversation about like, stop prejudging everybody. Yeah. Like get rid yeah. of your prejudice. This is like, you're going to you're going to be living life with all of these people now and kind of investing in all these people now. And your prejudice is not going to, the way that you approach people who are not part of what you are is no longer, I'm not going to tolerate it anymore. Yes. Which I think is really, it's just a long, fascinating conversation. Well, and the whole book of Acts is that. Yeah. Right. Cause it. the first, the first thing you come across is the Ethiopian guy. Yeah. So yep. the first the first non-Jewish person in the book of Acts to receive the gospel is a eunuch from Africa. I mean, which which could not you could not pull bigger triggers. Yeah. I mean, he's he's according to Jewish law, he's outlawed from the assembly. He's not Jewish. Yeah. And then he's Ethiopian. Yeah. And then and then you have the the clean and unclean animals. You have the gospel poured out on Samaritans. You have yeah. the gospel poured out on Gentiles. The whole book of Acts is the deconstructing of the labels of condemnation. And these labels had come from the from how the temple was structured. Right? Because there was the holy of holies where only one person could go. Totally. 
And then, and then there's the inner court where Gentile men could go and the court of women, not Gentile men, Jewish men. And then the court of women where Jewish women could go. And then the court of Gentiles where Gentiles could go. And so quite naturally, you turn that into the con- condemnation engineering. Instead of yep. a gift of grace, it's condemnation engineering. And so Book of Acts systematically dismantles this yeah. uh, in, in reverse order. And it's absolutely fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. That's why it's so crucial that it begins in Jerusalem. Yeah. Um, and then works out. So all that is to say, my friend, um, Scott McKnight had a, a, a thing that he wrote in his book called A Fellowship of Difference. Hmm. Um, and it was it's, it's on what the early church might have been like and emphasized. And it's a really, really good book. I'd highly recommend it. But he talks about how we're to love others. And I think I've covered this material before, but it feels relevant here. But he looks at what a covenant, what God's covenant love is like. And he says, well, God makes a commitment to somebody. And then he promises to be with them. And he tells people that they are for them, for their blessing. And then he, and only then, does he toward them. He loves them toward something. Right toward the promised land, towards maturity, towards being salt and light, whatever. Um, And McKnight draws that into the arena of human relations to say it's only when we're committed to somebody, to be with somebody, that they're committed to knowing that we're committed to being for them. Then and only then, after those things have been established, can our toarding of other people be received as love and not manipulation. Totally. So when Jesus pumps this golden rule in this sucker and says, so in everything, do unto others, bam. I mean, this is the buildup, right? So it's, we don't condemn, um, but even in our good crino, we don't just push our good and righteous judgments on things. Yeah. And and I love the family example because that's where, you know, for those of you that have parents, have parents you all have parents for those of you that have children um the use of condemnation to raise our children and then the use of nagging and pushing them are pushing our good things on them i mean that in 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 neither case (laughs) i'm not saying we don't do consequences and we don't toward them of course we toward them but we toward them in the context my kids will tell you i am for them with them forever no matter if they follow jesus or not no matter if they're in prison or not it does not matter right it doesn't matter Uh, but i am toarding them and they know i'm toarding them and they're allowed to ask questions and express disbelief at my toardings yeah you know what i mean yeah, but yeah, no. I mean, I, and I try to hold up my life in all of its inconsistency and, and complexity as, hey, I'm trying to, t- I'm being torted myself, right, towards this Jesus fellow, and here's how forever. my torting happens forever. Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah. um, that's such an so, important distinction too. <clears throat> yes, I'm. Yes, my pearls. I can come across as yeah, I've arrived. I got right, it exactly. Yes. Which often that is such a big. I mean, yeah, that's such a big piece, it seems like. <laughs> yes, it is. And it's the difference between that or someone like Joanna, who is a fit uh, uh, older lady 
who, um, and I use the word older only in the physical sense. In every way, she's still like 22. But she'll just, she, she one time she was like, hey, I'm kind of worried about your weight. I'm going to send you articles that I hope will inspire you. And it's because I love you that I do this. Yeah. Now that's totally different. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's, there's good, there's good crino because it, as a matter of truth, I need to lose weight and I've been trying to do this and failing for years and years and years. Yeah. And so the con, the con, the condemning doesn't help, right? Cause I do that myself, nor does the nagging help. It puts me on the defensive and I don't receive it as helpful. Um, but the good crino of people who are, hel- who are committed and have demonstrated withness, um, and forness, man, like yeah. goodness, they, you know, when they start torting, it's like, okay, I receive this. What are you thinking? I'm just thinking about every podcast episode we've had over the last year or not last year, but especially in the last six months, how, uh, the context of all this would have been helpful for the way the church has navigated everything. <laughs> well, I mean, we are, we are, I mean, the church and, 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 and me as a part of the church carries this too, because I've done this. Well, we've just Can, been raised in it. I think generationally there's been such a compartmentalizing of humanity yeah. through what we learn in church. And, you know, I don't want, um, Mr. Hobbit or whatever that gave us the bad review who said there are good churches. I realize that. I realize we're not. But there is a very loud um, fraction of people that just preach this condemnation and this, like, I don't know. And I and I just hear this scripture being used that way over and over and over again, and it's really frustrating and sad. Because yes. I think you're totally, like, it is building in such a beautiful way and has been for six chapters or, you know, arguably more, but it's, it is building in this beautiful way that's heading up to like, here is how you love your neighbor. You yes. got that idea here, we, but now I'm going to, I'm going to like, you want me to tear it open for you? I'm going to tear it open for you. Yeah. Yep. If you hear some heavy breathing, it's because there is a guest appearance by Seth Erie in the recording, <laughs> the Vox recording studio. What's up, big boy? Good morning, Dad. Good morning, son. How are you? Good. Good? Yeah. What I love about Seth is that he will say good morning no matter what time of day it is. So it's always good morning. And what a great, just what a great way to view your day. It's always good morning. Yep. There's a chance right now in this moment to start over. Isn't that right, Seth Theory? I could use a reorientation. (laughs) I'm more of a good night all day. I'm more of a taco Tuesday all week. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, oh, that's so good. So so the idea that we invite um, and we value and we listen and we ask and we seek mm. instead of nagging and instead of pushing and instead of condemning. I mean, my goodness, that is, that's so revolutionary. (laughs) I know. I want to, I want to go right into it right now. Well, I mean, I think about my marriage and I think about how nagging and condemning I can be. 
I think about obviously childbearing, but I think about even as a church. I mean, I was just listening to like, I don't know, um, five seconds of a church conversation, just talking about the world and how bad the world is. Yeah. And, and you're like, but again, I have to be so careful because I want to condemn those people and judge right. them. Right. So I can't do that, yeah. but I can discern that that is not a helpful way to talk about how we relate to other image bearers, regardless yeah. of whether or not they're Jesus followers or not. I mean, there, there, there was a whole big denominational push against suggesting that religious liberty should be applied to people other than Christians. Right. I mean, and, you, and you're just like, ah, oh, boy, that's rough. That's rough. And I think there's a place, like we said, in public for public dialogue to say, no, that's not right. I'm not making a judgment about you you all, even though I'm, I <laughs> want to. Right. Um, but I, I'm making a judgment that that isn't the proper posture yeah. of Jesus people towards people who are not Jesus people. So this to me is, man, this gets at the root. I mean, there couldn't be more practical teaching than right. this. This is not abstract theology. No. This is in the guts of, of human life. So we put off condemning. We put off pushing. We invite. We ask. We listen. We value. Right? And then, yeah. and, and why? Because that's how we would want to be loved. Totally. You want to right? be heard. You want to be seen. You want, yeah. like... So, I mean, I mean, he just literally <laughs> so in everything do to others what you would have them do to you. Okay, that sums up the law and the prophets. I mean, that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. So, uh, what Jesus has done has been to deconstruct the way we re- relate to each other, particularly as religious people, and put something far more interesting in its place. And then he ties it. And then he ties it into prayer with the father, the father's goodness. So yeah. I think I think it, he's using prayer too. That ultimately leads to the power of the request. That's why God has us asking for things yeah. and not just pushing for things. So I don't know. Oh, that's, I feel like that was a big thing you just said too. Well, for me, I, I think we have a great deal of permission to be moral agents for good in the world, and so we can push. And we can agitate and we can activate and we can, you know, work. But but there's a sense, and, 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 and this is different for everybody, but there's a sense when I'm no longer um, uh, doing good work, I'm, I'm pushing my ambition. There's, there's some flip totally. that happens where I'm not <clears throat> doing it for the mission anymore, I'm doing it for me. And, um, and it's there where Jesus would step in and, and, um, and say, well, why don't you ask for this instead of, instead of dominate other people? Like, like, and what I mean is when the, when, when something becomes so important, I'm willing to manipulate for it or condemn for it, then, then I've gone too far. And instead, instead of doing those things to get what I want, I should ask. And what's the mission? You know what I mean? I feel like that has become so convoluted too, that I was Holy. just listening to something the other day. They were talking. I can't, I wish I could remember what it was, but there it was a bunch of stuff about Mother Teresa mm. and how when she was on her deathbed, she said that she hadn't heard from God or didn't felt far from God for like the last twenty years or something. I am butchering what it was, but it was something that was kind of like, huh? But she just kept going about loving people and investing in them, regardless. Like, yeah, yeah. Like there, there's no. I mean, you know. 
op- yep. there's no condemnation or anything from her. She yep. just tried to take care of the poor and the sick. And, and then she's like, you know, I haven't heard from God in a long time. I don't know where God is and I have doubts and all this kind yeah. of stuff. But she put her nose to the wheel for, is that how that yeah. term goes? And just kept sure. doing it, like kept doing it, kept doing it. And knowing that the mission, what, what if the mission, the Great Commission is just those, you know, loving God and loving your neighbor. And we've overcomplicated well, yeah. it so much. <laughs> and the discernment yes. comes down to all that, like just reposturing and making sure that everything that you're doing is clear. Well, and think about all that we excuse in the name of mission. So, um, and that's what Gombus was getting at, right? So, yeah, to the extent I can of the be, crusades. Well, yeah, but 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 just I I can stand with a placard, yes. and I was thinking about that and, earlier with what you were uh, with one of the right. That was the first image and, that came into my head. Yes, and and I can argue all well, if one person comes to Jesus, then it's worth it, right? And totally look past that I've 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 pushed thousands of people away. Yep. You know what I mean? I mean it's that it's that kind of yuck that has been so justified. Um and that's where I think, you know, there are some things in our agency that asking for them is a sin. You know, hey God, help this person that I could totally help. Right. Um but I think there are other things that even if they are in my agency, if I were to push them and grab them and force them, it would cause me to use and manipulate and hurt and condemn other people where I, well, I, <laughs> I, I can't get close enough. I just have to ask for it. Yeah. The placard thing. I remember I went to, it was a Pearl Jam show. I went to, um, and a guy was outside with a big John three sixteen sign, he was screaming at everybody. And I went up to him and tried to have a conversation with him about like, what's your, what do you think is happening? Like, what is your end game here? Yeah. And he was just going off about three sixteen, And I was like, do you remember what John three seventeen says? <laughs> wow. And, but it's like, you take it out at like, what, so what's three sixteen for God to love the world. Da, 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 da. Yeah. 317's for God to not send his son into the world. To, to condemn, condemn the world, but to save the world through him. It's like, well, that's an interesting tandem between 16 yeah. and 17. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and how many how many stories? I mean, so you could just walk by and condemn yeah. that person, which is what I want to do. But how many stories do you read these days of, of like, I mean, the one I, I will never forget is the the black man who befriended over 200 KKK members. Yes. And, and he befriended them. Yeah. And he hangs there as he befriends them and they change their ways. He has kept every one of their cloaks. Yes. Their, their, their robes, their white KKK robes. He's collected them and kept them as like what this has done. That's an incredible. See, that's, but that there isn't, there isn't outside of Jesus. There isn't anything more Jesus-y than that. Seriously. Yeah. But did he condemn or nag those people? No. No, and neither did Jesus. That's the yeah. point. Yep. Right? I got, I got goosebumps. <laughs> no, I just, I think that that news story is one of the most powerful things I've ever read about, ever. Absolutely. Outside, yes. outside of the scriptures. Just like, that's what it looks like. And I'm, I'm a coward. You know, that, that kind of love of enemy um, just seems so beyond me. And so what I want to do is I want to just sit back and condemn the condemners, yeah, and judge the judgers, 
And, um, and then in so doing, I just joined their ranks. Yeah. Yeah. There was an article yesterday on, on this new, like this, the way that families have to approach de-radicalizing, um, family members from white supremacy and from QAnon and these things that have, um, you know, that we've obviously talked about, but when a lot of the Q things didn't come true about Trump in the last couple of weeks, like people were kind of like, he betrayed us, yada, 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 all this stuff. And there's been these holes. And now they're like, how do you live the long game with family members who have been radicalized by different things? And it's not in yeah. shouting and condemning and like throwing them out. It's like sitting and having that conversation for maybe years yeah. in love and not in condemnation. Yeah. It's, it's so seeing this in real time with some of that kind of stuff too is really fascinating. Totally. Man, I, I love this, Tim. I mean, just the implications are kind of rolling over us. The, none of this, yeah. I mean, we don't plan these convos. I do some study, but I mean, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of the way the LGBTQ people are treated. And, and, and every time I've been told and, and probably have told back when I was younger that, that it's okay to love somebody, but you have to tell them you disagree with them first. That you don't approve. Right. You know, I love you. And, and, and then I love you and, and I love you. And, and I think I just go back to why I'm so hopeful for the church. I mean, all of these things are just being brought to light in, in me in us in America. And, um, so I, you know, I'm incredibly hopeful, but these, see these words of, of Jesus to me, how do you ever accomplish how do, you, how do you ever, like, say that you've grown into them fully? They're just, you're not ever done. Nope. You know? And, that's why uh, this whole this whole series has been, for me, that's why I keep talking to friends about it, and I'm like, you know, I don't care if you guys listen to the podcast or not, I, I, you know, but I, like, this has been beneficial for me, going like, going through all this, because it is a continual, you just see how much Jesus is laying out a continual reposturing. Yep. And a continual, and I love that, even before, I mean, I, I just, discernment has just been the word that has popped up even before we got to this log and spec. Yeah. Discernment yeah. has been like the, this is what we're aiming for. This is the goal of 2021. Should have been the goal of every year prior. Yeah. Like just learning what that is because we're going to need it every day going forward. And it's not a yeah. law thing. It's not a, it's not a legality thing. Um, as I think somebody uh, made the accusation of on some comment somewhere that we're leaning into legality and whatever. And it's like, I don't think it's that at all. I think it's <clears throat> absolutely Jesus teaching us how to live well yeah. and how to love well. And it takes yeah. discernment and reposturing it, every single day. But it's in the context of him being committed to us, with us, for us. Yep. See, that's the part. That's what, that's what doesn't make it legalistic because, um, as opposed to loving, right? To right. me, loving loving me into my future um, is hard work, <laughs> and and uh, and and there's constant you know need for repair and restoration. But I receive it as love because of the prior beliefs that the Father is good and that Jesus is marvelous, that the Spirit is real and and at work, and that I'm not alone in this and I'm not condemned. I've, I've gotten one of Willard's best things ever. And we've talked about it on the podcast before 
But um, a, a buddy of mine who was in Willow, one of Willow's graduate classes, you remember the story, right? I think so. Um, uh, so, so my friend um, Steve uh was in a, a, a graduate class with with Willard and was oh, doing yeah. some incredible incredible work and and Willard said to my friend um hey just want you to know I'm gonna give you an A on the next paper you write Seth theory do not do the jack in the box while we are recording <laughs> the podcast <laughs> Seth theory get Seth theory when I came downstairs this morning, oh, thank you. When I came downstairs this morning, he had shoes on, his underwear, a T-shirt, a winter coat, and his backpack on. He was going to go to school. Good morning. Uh, oh, yeah, Willard. I'm going to give you an A on the next paper. Yeah, so write a, a paper worthy of the next of the A yeah. you're going to get. Yeah. And that's straight out of Ephesians 4. Live a life worthy of the calling you've already received. And so, so if your life is is gonna grade out as an A, already, then it's all invitation. There's no nagging. There's no condemning. It's all yeah, invitation. Yeah, it's just like in a re. I'm sorry to keep going. We can stop here. But the reworking of like you wretched humans, like this uh, this narrative that we've been fed for so long that we're just disgusting and all that kind of stuff. That's opposite of that. It's like yeah, it's yeah. But but the, the the part that it picks up that's true is there isn't this isn't earned. There's no room for self rightness here. But it, it it's because we're valuable that he loves. Right. It's totally opposite. It's like not because um, you're you're worthless and you're wretched right. and you're gross. Yes. It's like because of that you need this or you need to do this. It's I yeah. this has been given to you now. Live up to that standard exactly to that. exactly and that's opposite it's and that's where the father-son image or mother-daughter image works right that familiar yeah. familial image because it's not and this is how it was presented god hates you and so <laughs> jesus took the 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 punishment that was due you right so that you could not be punished but it's only because yes which is and, exactly how it's phrased Yes, 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 yes. And, and, and the substitution bit is in the Bible, no question about it. Jesus took something, uh, but he, what he took was the, the penalty and the power of sin and death yeah. that had enshrouded the world um, with, the, with the fall of the original humans. And so all that is to say, man, there's so much, there's so much to sit in this. Let's wrap it up. Um, who knows what Seth will come down with next? Grandma got him a <laughs> grandma got him a kazoo for Christmas, and that was unwise. I right, judge thanks. that to be thank you. I judge that to be unwise. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> so anyway, my brothers and sisters, I hope I hope something in here is helpful. It's such an on me. I, I when people ask me what I do, I. I I, I kind of have, I, I think I may have the best job in the world other than Tom Brady. Because um, <laughs> I just love, I love wrestling with this stuff. I really do. And I love, um, now that I'm, now that I am um, in much healthier community, like working this out together. Yeah. With with um, the people I'm in relationship with, I just think, my goodness, that's so wonderful. 
So anyway, my friends, thanks. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for letting us be a part of your life. And thanks for all of your kindness to us. Um, we certainly are grateful for it. And just want to say again um, how much we enjoy being a part of life, your life, and how much we enjoy hearing from you. And um, we don't, uh, you know, we we don't claim to have it all together by any stretch of the imagination, but my goodness, we learn a lot. So anyhow, last thoughts or words, <laughs> no, Timothy. I was just say, you guys are, everyone's listening to me learning in real time, so... <laughs> well me too <laughs> i mean i just get to share the wrestling i've been doing yeah. right i mean it's not like i'm out ahead somewhere it's just like no hey this is the next part of the text let's wrestle with it so anywho, anywho. there you go sports fans yep we've got a couple interviews coming up uh with some folk and we'll be doing more sermon on the mount and then we have we have a, a couple of thoughts about what may be after and then there's a name, a beautiful, glorious name. The holiest post. Yes, indeed. All right, till next time, friends. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this conversation. The Vox Podcast is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that is supported by listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us, you can do so at patreon.com backslash voxpodcast. You can also engage with the hosts on social media at facebook.com backslash voxpodcast, on Instagram at voxpodcast, and on Twitter at Mike Erie. Thank you for walking this road with us.